0: I had a, such an adventure when I went to Texas this last time, but it was a good adventure. <laughs> um, the minute that I took our flight, we, we ended up in, from here to Chicago. And me and Peter were like, we're going to get there two hours early. We're going to just sit there. And if we're hungry, we're going to get something to eat. And it's going to be like kickback time just waiting for our flight, right? <laughs> Wrong. So we're there, and <laughs> Peter goes and grabs breakfast and we're sitting there just talking and just relaxed and everything. And all of a sudden the last 15 minutes, the gate changes for our flight. And so here we are, all rested and all chilled out on our chairs. And I asked the man next to me, I'm like, hey, are you going to are you going to um, Dallas- Fort Worth? And they're like, no, man, we we're going to New York. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, and then he turns around and looks. Well, in the very bottom of the screen, real tiny little letters, it says, the gates have moved and changed for flight so-and-so. And I was like, oh my God, Peter. <laughs> so we did grab our bags real quick and we're running through the airport. And Chicago airport's big. So, I mean, it, your flight could be on the other side of the world, and, and you only I only had literally like 10 minutes. I, I think it was already boarding time, so I had like maybe 5, 10 minutes to get to the other side, and thank God it wasn't that far. I think we were like in K, and it was L, or something like that, or vice versa, but it wasn't that far. But I'm running, and as I'm running, (laughs) I'm telling Peter, Peter's feeling bad, and he's like, Mom, are you coming? And I'm running behind Peter, and I said, Peter, just go, Peter, just go. Tell them I'm coming. (laughs) And Peter's running in the airport. (laughs) And so you should have seen us. It was hilarious. It's hilarious now, but not when you're there, right? (laughs) Right? so so we're running and i just saw like you know i'm gonna kind of break this up of what happened and then what the spirit of god was telling me through it okay because there's always a flip side to things so i'm like you know i just saw the lord speaking to me about the generations this season and about how you know i don't know about you but i can't run the same when i was younger you just don't run the same you know you want to in your mind you're like i want to run a marathon but physically in your body your body's gotten older and it's like you can't run the same if you can good for you i'm <laughs> that's awesome but for me i can't and so i was like man that just spoke volumes to me about the generations And I just saw like me giving the baton to Peter and saying, you go, you run. And me cheering him on as him representing the generation. And and I was like just cheering him on and encouraging him. I'm like, go, let him know I'm coming, you know, (laughs) because Peter could have greater access before I could because I couldn't get there on time and i was just like you go peter you go but i just saw the baton being being um, given from the from the older generation to the younger generation for them to keep running even when we get tired and we get weary that the next generation is needed because you know a lot of the decisions that we make sometimes we never consider that we're leaving a legacy for another generation it's not just about ourselves And so that's why it's important this season that we take in consideration our youth and our children, because everything we say and we do, they're watching. They're watching everything we're saying, everything we're doing. And so that encourages me and that keeps me on my toes of what i'm doing and what i'm saying because i don't want to pour in bad things to the next generation i want to hand off the baton and them know that they can run and they can have victory in things and they can overcome things and be overcomers in situations and so anyways we get to our flight we get in our flight and um and i'm sitting there and we have like 45 minutes until our plane lands in in uh, in dallas And this lady, the whole time, she's like working hard. I mean, I just see her the whole time, her legs are crossed, she's sitting next to me, and she's typing and typing and typing and typing, working, working, working. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, oh my God, she's like a workaholic, like one of those people that doesn't rest even on a flight. And I'm just watching her and she doesn't stop the whole entire flight. And so (laughs) I was getting tired just watching her and then, And then she she closes her computer, 45 minutes till we're gonna land, closes her computer, puts her head down in her hand like this. And then she tells the stewardess, I don't feel well. And the stewardess is like, okay, ma'am, well, what's going on? And she's like, I feel like I'm gonna faint. And as soon as she said that, I turned around and her head fell and fainted on my shoulder. And I'm like, "This is mind you, this is Peter's first flight. (laughs) My son Peter, this is his first time he's ever flown before. And he's sitting across from me and he's looking at me and he's like, he's like, what's happening? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, but we're gonna figure this out. So I try to get up out of the seat because the stewardess needed to come in and they needed to help her. So I just started praying and praying, and I'm like, man, Lord, I'm like, I'm like, what is this about? Like, this has never happened to me before. So they come running with oxygen tanks and giving her oxygen and all this stuff, right? Then they call for a doctor to come. Do we have any doctors? Do we have any nurses on board? Because she needs some assistance. And this doctor comes, and he's from Lansing, Michigan. Of all places, he's from Lansing, Michigan. And I was like, okay, Jesus, I'll take that. And he comes to the back, and he's in school right now and all this goodness, and helps this woman. And, and, and we get off, the, we, are, we finally land, and the paramedics come to help this woman. And I get off the plane and I'm like, what was that about? I literally said that. I was like, what was that about? And it didn't stop the adventure. I call them adventures because, you know, Jesus is with us all the time in everything we do. So we get off, we're grabbing our bags, <laughs> the little thing. And all of a sudden the bags get stuck in the belt And the rest of our flight members couldn't get their bags because it was stuck. And I was like, oh, my God, Jesus, like, what are you speaking through all this? And he just started sharing with me, like, the woman was three months pregnant who had passed out. She was pregnant with a baby. And she says, this never has happened to me before. And the Lord started speaking to me through that. And he just started to say, even the gates. The, it started with the gates. And he says, we need to get ready to change in the shift when God says to at a spare of a moment's time. And not question or, dub, or, or have a double-mindedness. Don't question what God's telling you. You just need to move quickly and fast when those gates change. If he tells you you need a shift from one gear to the other, then you just need a shift and don't worry about everything else. If he's telling you to move, then you just have to move. And not question what he's saying. And it, it, it was so awesome because there were gates that they were changing. And there was a, 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 a positioning that was changing at the same time. There was a shifting that was coming. And we have to be ready for the shifts when they come. We can't get so comfortable. And we can't get so, like, Relaxed and not be on our toes when things are about to change that we miss the very thing God's trying to change not only in us but in our surroundings and because it happened very fast and so then I'm sitting there and he's telling me about this woman he says you know you know there are people that are pregnant with spiritual things right now that I've given them in their spirit seeds that I've given them in their belly and their seeds and they're trying to Uh, be the same way that they were before they got impregnated with this vision with this thing I've given them and you're still with your do to get mentality you're working hard I've got to do this because I'm working hard to prove something to people around me I'm working hard to do this I'm I'm doing that and I'm working hard and I'm pressing in but really you you don't gain momentum like that what gains momentum for you is the Lord because he he's a he's a he's a owner of time he controls time in the spirit so if he controls time what you've been lacking or what you feel you haven't had or you're not where you're supposed to be at this time he does it very quickly in seconds what you feel could have taken days or months or years he can do it very quickly that's why you have these new believers come in the kingdom of god and boom all of a sudden they're talking in the spirit all of a sudden they got these amazing gifts and this revelation of god why because he comes in and he's the giver of it and he comes in boom and gives it to them and so he just tells me you know a lot of people haven't birthed some things because, of, because they're still trying to do, you know, when you're pregnant in the natural, we have some women in here, you don't do things the same. You can't pick up heavy bags. You can't, you know, run upstairs the way you used to. There's just some changes you have to make in your life when you're pregnant with something. And what are we all concerned about? I don't want to hurt the baby. I don't want to hurt this thing I'm carrying. I don't want to just devalue it and mistreat it and abort it. I want to make sure that wherever I give birth to it, that it's a safe place to give birth to it. And the Lord was just speaking to me through this, and he's like, there's a birth thing that I'm trying to do, but people are holding on tight to the baby, and they don't want to release it because of fear. Because fear comes in. And this woman, when she went through this whole episode, she's like, they're like, is this your first baby? She's like, no, this is my third and I'm like, it was a 3-3 three, three all the time. And I was like, man, I was like, God, you're speaking through this situation. And, and she's, she just kept saying, you know, about, you know, no, this is my third baby. No, I'm on my third trimester. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, God, you're speaking through this. So we can't be afraid to give birth to the vision and the things God's given you this season. It's just not going to work. So then we get to... We get to, uh, we finally get to our hotel, and, and, and the bathroom's not okay. And then they don't have our room ready. And it was just like an adventure with Jesus. And I just kept saying, the Lord kept telling me through every situation, there's a flip side, just wait. There's a flip side, just wait. And I was like, okay, Lord, what's the flip side of this situation? And when I got to my hotel, the lady came to fix whatever was wrong with my room. And I looked at her, and she was, like, in a hurry, cleaning quickly. And I said, you know, ma'am, that stuff doesn't need to be clean. If you could just take care of this little bit of stuff, that would, I would greatly appreciate it. And, and I said, you know, do you need any prayer for anything? See, that's the flip side. Because you begin to learn how to move with the spirit of God that what was meant to be bad, you can shift it into something good and there's a flip side of it. And so I said, okay, devil, you know I'm tired. Now my bathroom is a mess. They took a little while to get me in my room. I'm like, okay, Lord, what's the flip side of this that something good is going to come out of this? And I told the lady, I said, what do you need prayer for today? Is there something I can pray with you about? She was a Spanish speaker and she just broke. And she just began to cry. And she's like, oh my God, you know, my daughter left and her five kids and my husband's abusive and I need prayer for all of this. And I just grabbed her hands and just prayed with her and loved on her and hugged her and this is what the lord is trying to do with us right now there's obstacles that are showing up there's things that are happening but there's always a flip side to those obstacles there's always something god's trying to speak to you about and god's trying to do um in those situations that's why this morning i was like we're gonna thank him and be thankful for every part, the good and the bad. The bad's really not bad. It's our perspective of the bad, that we perceive it as being bad when even God wants to use that very bad thing to shift it into something good. So <laughs> before, that, before I went on, on this trip, the, the very night before, um, I was seeing this video And I was like, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I was just sitting there watching this video. And it was a Benny Hinn, and he was sharing, he was letting the nurse that was Catherine Coleman's nurse share about Catherine Coleman's last testimony of her life. And I sat there, and I watched I would never seen it before. And she's just a nurse working her room in the hospital. And she's sitting there, and she's working, um, for her taking care of her in her last days of her life, her being alive. But she said that she walked out of her room and when she came back, that there was such an infused smell in the atmosphere that you could smell it down the hall of roses. And I was just like, (laughs) I was like, how awesome is that? They couldn't believe it because they didn't allow flowers in this hospital. So all the nurses were coming by and they're like, who has flowers in here? We don't allow flowers. So if there's flowers in here, you need to get rid of them because we can get in big trouble for that. And the nurse is like, they're not flowers. This lady passed away, her name was Catherine Coleman, and she's gone now to be with the Lord. And all I can smell is roses down this hallway. All I can smell is this fragrance of roses. And so I'm, to- I'm torn up watching the video and I just began to cry and I just began to tell the Lord, you know, in my own little prayer, nobody knows about this. And I'm like, how amazing is that, that her fragrance of her worship, that even when you were ready to take her, her fragrance she poured out was, was the smell of the roses unto you that even in her passing, she was still worshiping you and her roses and the scent and the fragrance of her worship was released in that place for everybody to see how supernatural of a God you are, that it will manifest even when our flesh, our body's gone. And so I just carried this with me. So I get to San Antonio and I walk into the room. They fixed me up this really nice room for me to stay at. And I walk into the room And guess what's on my bed? They bought me like the whole set of roses on top of my bed. It was slippers, it was rose lotion, rose body wash, rose everything. (laughs) And I began to weep and cry because I knew that's what the Lord was saying. So this morning I come in and Judy says, I was praying this morning before everybody got here and I began to see roses, pink roses, falling down in, in the top over here. And she begins to look at our worshipers this morning. And none of us have had this discussion. Judy doesn't even know about any of this. So I'm sure she's like, what in the world? But um, there, Peter wore pink today because the roses weren't red. They were pink. Even on my bottles, everything was pink roses. And... And, um, and then, you know, uh, uh, some of the worshipers of Trinity had on like a flower outfit and it was pink flowers on it. I mean, you don't put these things together. This is God speaking outwardly what he's trying to say in the spirit. And so I was just like, I was like, you're so good, God. And even when Judy told me, she goes, but the, fla- but the roses weren't the regular color. I said, I know Judy, I said, they were pink. She goes, yes, they were pink. I was like, yeah, but if you go read Song of Solomon 2, 2 through 7, it says, I'm a country girl. This is the NKJV version. I'm a country girl in a palace. I'm the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. And like a lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Like an apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade and with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and some in some of the verses his table, and his banner over me was love. Sustain me with cakes of raisins, my favorite. <laughs> Refresh me with apples for I am lovesick. His left hand is under my head and his right hand embraces me. Charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the Galilee's or by the duds of the field, do not stir up nor nor awaken love until it pleases." And I read this and I was just like, if you ever have known Catherine Coleman's story, she would be in masses of, of crusades with thousands of people and she would go to the back of the room when everything was done. And there was amazing healings and such a power of God that would come in that place. She would go to the back and the only thing that mattered to her was she would ask the Lord, am I the apple of your eye? And that's what she would tell the Lord every single time when she finished. And um, even in that verse, if you, if you read, it talked about the apple, it talked about um, the sweetness of the fruit And I really believe right now that God is just saying volumes through the roses of Sharon that we we don't understand his love. We don't know how powerful his love is for us. That even when we go through things, his love never, ever changes for us. I'm like hooked on this song called Crazy Love right now, and I put it on repeat on my phone. Because there's nothing that can remove you from the love of God. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. I don't care about opinions of man. I'm talking about the love of Christ, the love of God. And so I I go, I'm I'm in San Antonio, and the whole time I'm there, God's speaking to me about restoration and redeeming. That's all the two words he said the whole entire time I was there. I'm doing restoration, and I'm doing redeeming, and I'm doing a quick work. That's all he kept telling me. And let me tell you, it was so crazy. The acceleration of the restoration and the redemption that was there in the city, it was crazy. It was overwhelmingly good that for in a long time, even for me to leave that city, my heart was like, oh my God. Like my heart was pulled this last time because of what I even experienced there this last time with the Lord. Um, I just want to go over a little bit of scriptures with you, but in Joel two twenty five through 26, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt with Wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. <laughs> Jeremiah thirty seventeen. For I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, and it is Zion for whom no one cares. You know, when I read that, I was just like, "There's so many people that feel like they're outcasts." that they somehow can't fit into the kingdom of God. And there's room for those people that are outcasts because I was one of them. I was the one that you would have never thought that would even, um, <laughs> it was funny because I just, I wanna be transparent for a minute, but I know my husband shares a lot about a time, of, of a, of, of a time we went through in our lives when we were hurt and wounded Well, when I went to San Antonio, I had no idea. There was a person there that went through the process with me when I was hurt, and I went through that. And to the point, he couldn't believe that I was the one coming to minister that weekend. And he comes up to me, and he says, oh, my God, I haven't seen you for years. He said, when they told me who was coming to minister, I was, like, thrown away. I was blown away because he's like, the last time I saw you, was when you went through that so hurtful situation and that wound. And you know, we're just being like, transparent with each other. He says, you were, and this is how he described me, which spoke volumes to me. He says, you were so quiet and so shy. And I know y'all see me now and you're like, what? (laughs) But I was, I was very quiet, I was very shy. And he says, look what God has done that you had no idea all that God was gonna do with you then and the wound that you suffered through, that you pushed through that wound, and that even now you're here to even minister and to pour into even me. And it excited my heart because I was like, you know, it took me back to that place where I was wounded, it took me back to that place that I'd gone through something. And you know, the Lord talked to me during this situation, and even with forgiving people and going through that process, you know, the Lord told me, everything you do is for me. Amen. Somehow the enemy makes us think that if we shut down when we're wounded, if we shut down when we go through things, that, ha ha, I'm going to get them back, I'm going to shut down, and I'm not going to become who God's called me to become. And that's not true. True. What happens is what, you, what your purpose and your destiny, what God's put inside of you has been always about the Lord. It's always been about him. It's never been about man. And man can't take that away from you. What's already inside of you, you just keep agreeing with heaven and God. And he'll come heal the woundedness. He'll come heal all those things that you can't figure out. And let me tell you, at that time back then, I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know how I was going to figure things out to make myself strong enough to go back to that place of where I was wounded at. And I had to cry out to God and ask for his help. And if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. There's just no way I could have done it by myself. And so he was telling me this and he was like, he was so encouraged because he's like, I'm so encouraged right now to see what God's done with you. Because the last time I saw you, I saw you in this horrible situation. And I was like, that's encouraging to me (laughs) because you forget about where God's brought you from sometimes. And sometimes we have to be reminded how we first started off because how we first started off was with us and God it wasn't about anybody else. It was always about us and God and intimacy and purpose and destiny that He put inside your belly that one day you could come and be a voice for Him to tell people about His love. I mean, that's what it's about. And when we shut ourselves off from being wounded or going through things, we're not we're not getting back at the person who wounded you you're shutting down the very thing god's given you you're shutting down the purpose and the destiny that's inside of you and it's never been about anybody else but you and him so i'm there and i'm and i'm seeing all this stuff and the lord just kept telling me redemption restoration redemption restoration and I just kept every time we got in the car to drive somewhere, I just kept saying, God, you're going to restore and you're going to redeem and you're going to restore and you're going to redeem. And I was speaking it for the people there. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about myself. And the, and the last few days I was there, the Lord turned it around and he said, OK, now it's your turn. What do you need restored? What do you need redeemed? And see, sometimes there's lost time when we're wounded. There's lost time there when we shut ourselves down and we thought we were making a good choice by shutting down and God says, redeem it, restore it, take it back. Amen. Redeem those times where the enemy got you caught up in something. Redeem those times where you wanted to give up and, and go a different direction, redeem it and restore it. And he says, in all the things that you thought you lost from living the ways of the world, redeem it and restore it for the kingdom of God that even the finances that you thought you would have made living the ways of the world, that I can even restore that back to you because there's nothing lost in the kingdom of God. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm there and I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed with God's goodness because of the opportunity he gave me to even do that. I started seeing people come to the services there that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I started, I started seeing people gather in unity again, where there was disunity before. And it touched my heart in such a way because only God could do that. But see, I had to start agreeing with heaven. I couldn't agree with what the enemy speaks about a city. I had to come and agree with heaven about what heaven speaks about a city or a region or an area God sends you to. And I said, I refuse to agree with the enemy I'm gonna agree with Jesus in heaven and there's gonna be a shift and if the gates change quickly, I'm ready to shift gears and change with God. Because there's always a flip side to everything. Even the things that you thought you lost are not lost. Even in that, God will flip it around. Isaiah 61.7, Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion, and they shall have everlasting joy. You can get your double portion this morning. You can get your restoration, your redemption this morning of whatever you thought the enemy had gained gains momentum in, in your life you can go and get it and say God I don't want just enough of return back to me of what was stolen but I want it with an increase of the double that whatever he thought he could have even of me he could never have because it wasn't for his to take in the beginning anyways. God I just thank you Lord I just thank you. First Peter 5.10 says, and after you've suffered a little while, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's suffering in the kingdom of God. It says, the God of all grace who has called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. All of those things come when he talks about restoration and redeeming. Let's repeat that. He restores it, he confirms it, he strengthens it, and establishes you. Establishes you to what? To what you're supposed to be, your purpose and your destiny from heaven. What he's already spoken in existence when you were in your mother's wound, that's what he, he uh, establishes you in. Not what you think that you are, not what you think you should be, but he established you back in your correct creation, the cre- creation he created you to be. The redemption. 1 Corinthians 720, 7.23 You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. There was a price that was paid, we sang about it all morning long, about us having a destiny, your royalty, all these things. There was a price that paid for you and we can't forget about the cross when we go through our situations and we can't forget about what he did for us because it's covered under that. It's covered under that blood and that's the power right there is the blood of Jesus. Sometimes you just need to say, God, just cover me with your blood. I used to say it a lot in the beginning of my, my ministry. I used to say, God, cover me with your blood. Let your blood come in and seep in all the areas where there's void in. Because I knew there was power in the blood that nobody could ever take away. You know what? Um, <laughs> the rose of Sharon means, means delicate beauty delicate beauty. We are delicate sometimes, but we're still beauty unto the Lord. Our beauty never changes to the Lord. We're beautiful all the time, even when we're making mistakes, even when we're a mess, even when we don't have it together like the way we think we should, we're still a delicate beauty unto the Lord. Let me tell you why. See, years ago, I had this encounter with the Lord in Texas It was in the beginning of my ministry, and um, I was real sick one night, and we had a flippant night. That's why I called it Flipside. (laughs) We had a flippant night where the kids would come in, and they would minister, and we would sit back, and we would receive prophetic words from our youth, and we would receive what God was speaking to them for us. And so, so I'm sitting there, and I'm so sick. My head's like pounding. And Pete's like, are you gonna come? And I'm like, oh God, I don't feel well. And he's like, just come and lay down in the church. I'll put some worship music on. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I I lay down on the floor in the front of the sanctuary. And I remember that day being so sick and the Lord tells me, you know, um, I know you don't feel well, but I really want you to get up and I want you to worship. You know, sometimes you don't feel like getting into worship. Sometimes you feel sick, sometimes you are dealing with things inside that nobody knows about and, um, and you don't really feel like worshiping. But I was being obedient to his voice in the Lord that day. And I said, God, I really don't feel like worshiping you, please forgive me. And I stood up and I worshiped and I danced unto the Lord and nobody was in that room, just me and my husband and one of our youth and as I was worshiping in the Lord I came to this area of the sanctuary and I began to see these steps that went down and as I began to see these steps that went down it was like the Lord came and opened up the tomb for me and he told me walk down these steps because there's something I want to do with you and I said I I was—I don't know what was going on. I mean, I was new to all this stuff. I just—I literally did everything God said to do in the natural, because I didn't understand the power of the Spirit. And so I'm like, okay, and I'm like, okay. Well, I don't know. How do you walk down steps? You just go like this, because you're walking down steps. So that's what I did in the natural. I was like, I'm gonna walk down these steps into the tomb of Jesus. And as soon as I get there, the presence of God is so strong that I can't stand up, and I fall to my face. And I'm in, I'm in the tomb, and all of a sudden, I can hear heaven. They're talking about a new sound, and Peter was singing about hearing heaven this morning. Peter had new, no idea that I was going to share on this today. I don't share it unless God tells me to. And, I, and the angels are around me, and God's talking to the angels. Jesus is. And Jesus is telling the angels, I want you to get a red sheet and I want you to lay it on her. I can't move. I can't move, I can't speak, I can't say anything. I'm dead in my body, in my flesh. My flesh is completely dead. And the angels come and throw this piece of cloth, a red cloth on me. And those, there was two angels Well, I thought I was done. I was like, okay, they're putting, you know, what represented the blood of Jesus. The tomb speaks life. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Well, when I went to get up from this encounter I had, the angels, two angels came, and they were as tall as the ceiling. And I know for some of you this is a stretch, but I'm being obedient to God to share this. Because this is real stuff that really does happen. And I pray that, that you would encounter him like this, because this is not just about Alice. This is about a kingdom thing, that God wants to begin to show people how real he is. And so I come, and um, the angels are standing, and I just remember looking to left and to right, and they have these long white gowns full of glory. And one of them has myrrh, and one of them has oil. And, and, and they literally came, and I felt their hand push me back down. Well, I mean, the music's going on, the music's loud in the sanctuary. My husband's upstairs working on the media or working on something for the youth that we had coming in that night. And all of a sudden, I get pushed back down, and I see these two angels on the left and right of me. And all of a sudden, they start dragging my feet. And the next thing I know, I'm in a forest, and I can see the light shimmering in the trees, on and off, on and off, shimmering within the trees, and I could see the trees really, really tall around me. But in the natural, my husband and my youth that were there saw my body being dragged across the floor. And I know that's really hard for you to understand. So I'm gonna pray God give you understanding. God, give him understanding right now of your spirit in Jesus' name. And I was dragged across the floor And um, all of a sudden, the angels came and took me to a river. And as I was in the river, they began to play with me in the river. And so in the natural, I'm flipping like this and like this in the front of the sanctuary. My shirt and my clothes are so disarrayed because I cannot control anything that's happening to me. It's a supernatural thing of God because God's touching me. And I'm flipping from left and I'm flipping to right and I'm just going and going and they don't know what's going on. They just know like I'm having an encounter with Jesus. That's all they could do. My youth was in the corner on her face crying and crying and weeping because she could feel the presence of God in the church. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden that thing just stopped and I couldn't even get up and I couldn't walk and all I kept saying was, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, your presence, God, because the presence was so heavy that I couldn't talk, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get up. All I could say was, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. I'm a Catholic girl. We don't do things like that. It was something that I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't go to a school, I didn't, I, I, you know, I grew up very, with a lot of religion in my life, and then here God takes this, this country girl in the palace. When I read that, it reminded me of myself. I was just a regular girl growing up. I didn't, I didn't have nothing special in my life that I could say, oh, I have a degree of this or certification of that. God came himself and touched me that day, and I was never the same. And the encounters kept coming. And you know what it was? Was I just wanted to surrender myself. We were pray, singing this morning about surrendering yourself unto Him. I surrendered my mind, my body, and my soul unto Christ completely. And that's when I would have these encounters in, in, in the surrendering of my everything. Because nothing else mattered to me at that moment but Him. I didn't care about anything else i didn't care about a platform or a voice or 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 being told that i was such and such in the church i just cared about that intimate moment with me and him and that meant the world to me more than anything else till this day there's nothing anybody can give me that would mean more to me than what god's given me himself so i go to texas i share all that with you Months later, Bob Jones and Bonnie Jones come. And I kept telling my husband, the kings are coming. And he was like, the kings are coming. I'm like, yeah, the seasoned kings are coming. And he was like, what? He goes, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, the generals are coming. He said, Alice, to get one would be a miracle. To get them all here would be another miracle. And this is the process we're going through at the time, I don't know if he remembers this. But I said, I saw them and they're coming. And he said, he said um. We had, all, we had Bob, we had Paul Keith Davis, we had Bobby Connor, we had everybody there all at one time, which is impossible because their schedules are like crazy. I say all that because Bob comes and I share this encounter with him because I had no understanding of what this meant. And he says, Well, you know, Alice, those angels you encountered were resurrection angels. That's why they carried the myrrh and the oil. And that's why God took you into the tomb. Because that's the tomb where Jesus was resurrected. And I was like, Oh my God, I was floored. I was like, I didn't even think about that. Like, I would have never been able to put those things together. And I was so thankful because I was so hungry and I was so young during this process that I just wanted to learn. And then all of a sudden, so I'm writing this in my book, right? Like everything he's saying. So this last time I go back to Texas, this is why I'm sharing this with you. I go back to Texas, and I'm on the phone with our leaders we had when we were with the youth, and I want to see everybody because I'm like, see, I don't forget the days of, I don't despise the days of the small things, and to me, some things are still small in my life, but I never forget the people who poured into me because they believed in me and they stood by me some of the hardest times of my life. When I was growing and I was stubborn and I was prideful and I wanted things my way sometimes and they stood by me no matter what and they never gave up on me. And so I'm, I, I was on the phone with them and we're joking and we're laughing about all the crazy things we used to do with our youth and we're just having a good old time. We're like, yeah, we're going to meet for dinner and boom, I hang up the phone, right? And my spirit is just stirred up because when you talk about his goodness, even if it happened 20 years ago, and you start talking about his goodness and what he did, things get stirred up in the spirit, even inside of you. And so I go to lay down in my room where I was staying at, and the minute my head touched the pillow, I I had an hour, I even looked at the time, 4.30 to 5.30, you have one hour to rest before service. And we had two services that day. Y'all get tired with just this one service. We used to have two services a day. We had one in the morning and one at night. And we had maybe 30 to 45 minutes to sleep in between. That was the way this day was for for me. It was crazy because we didn't even plan it. I had two services that day on that Sunday back in Texas when I went back this last time. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like I'm back in my old days in my old church where we had two services a day. This is crazy. I should have known then God was setting me up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there, and I, and I said, man, I got one hour to sleep. Let me go rest. My head hits the pillow, and all of a sudden, my head falls into the river. And all of a sudden, I can hear the ocean coming real strong towards me, but it never reached me. It would come to a point of stopping. And, and quickly, I went into an encounter so fast. And I hadn't been in one like that in such a long time. And all of a sudden, the waves kept coming so fast, crashing. And the waves were crashing into the river, which would cause the river to ripple underneath my head. And, and I'm there, and I'm just like, I began to weep and to cry because i could feel the lord's love and i could feel his presence so strong see we're redeeming and we're bringing restoration right because that's what the kingdom of god looks like if you look at it any other way that's not the lord and i'm there and i'm like I'm just weeping and crying, and I'm thanking him for allowing me just to see that much. See, I always tell people when they encounter God and they see things in the Spirit, don't let it be just another thing you experience or see. Don't devalue it because because they can disappear and they can leave sometimes. Not because he leaves you or he disappears, but because you don't sit down in that intimate place with him anymore. We get so busy doing things that we forget that intimate space with him. And back then, that's all I did. That's all I did was lay myself on the floor in intimacy with God. Like for hours and hours, I would just be with the Lord. And so all of a sudden, those two angels show up again. And they have the oil and the myrrh all over again. And they're tossing me in this river again. And my body is spinning on the bed, left and then right. And my body's spinning again, and I can't even control it. And after that, I saw in the Spirit, when the angels were spinning me left and right, that a cocooning was coming off of me. That I had had a cocoon on me. And the cocoon was coming off and there was something new that was coming. And it wasn't about me, it wasn't my cocoon, it was about the the kingdom of God was bringing something from heaven for the body of Christ that there's an uncocooning that He's trying to do with each and every one of you right now, and you keep resisting the uncocooning, and you keep fighting the very thing God's trying to do with you, but really is trying to uncocoon you so the new life can be birthed. Remember the pregnant woman in the plane? So the new life can be birthed, and the new thing can come forth out of you, not the old stuff, not the old junk. That's why this time when the angels came, they brought something different. They didn't didn't bring me the old thing, they brought an increase with them. It wasn't just me spinning in the river, it was me being uncocooned. And I began to see the layers of the cocoon begin to unravel me and unwrap me as they spun me around in the river. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as I'm having the encounter, I began to see the glory cloud come in the room. And I opened my eyes for just a few minutes. And the glory cloud came in, so crazy. I mean, I couldn't see past the cloud. We need to get to the point where we can't see past the cloud. Because everything past the cloud doesn't matter. Everything past the cloud isn't even Jesus sometimes. Because if you're caught up in the clouds, that's all you can see is this cloud. His cloud represents his hand over you. And I was there, and this cloud came in so strong. And I began to see the glory dust, gold dust, just began to sprinkle from the cloud over my body. And I was just crying and crying and crying and weeping and weeping. And it was just so uncontrollable, my crying. And I remember calling my husband that day, and I said, Please pray that God give me strength because I can't even stand right now. I don't even know how I'm going to do service tonight. And see, this is the way I used to get with the Lord. These are the things that really happened to me all the time back when my ministry first started. So I know the Lord is telling me that I need to get ready. The body of Christ needs to get ready. Because I'm telling you right now, there's gonna be some supernatural, powerful encounters and things he wants to do with you. And you cannot control it. And in this lifetime, we're trying to control every single thing in our lives. And I'm gonna tell you right now, when His glory falls and His cloud falls, you cannot control what God's gonna do. You cannot control the supernatural. You cannot control the healings that are gonna come. You can't control the miracles. Nothing can be controlled because it was never yours to control in the first place. It was His. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like a mess. And I remember calling him, and I even called my pastor from the region there because I said, you don't understand what God's going to do in this region here. And I began to see an angel that I used to see in Birmingham, and it was a transformation angel. And I saw him walking in the cities, and I saw this transformation angel begin to swing his arms like this and like this. And I know what the Lord was speaking Because I had that encounter here before I left with the two angels that were swapping away the plans of the enemy and I'm telling you, God's gonna swipe away idols of men. God's going to begin to swipe away religion God's going to begin to swipe away things that are not going to matter this season and I promise you I promise you God's going to show them so powerfully that you can't control it and as much as you want to control it you can't because you get embarrassed or you you don't want to look silly or look foolish in front of people (laughs) who cares what you look like who cares what you look like? It's always been about Him. It's always been about your purpose and your destiny unto the Lord. Don't let the devil steal it from you. You be who He created you to be no matter what. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> see he's trying to take you into the deep waters this morning he's trying to take you into some deeper things <laughs> and you can't stay on the shorelines anymore <laughs> and you want to stay on the shorelines and you can hear that you can hear and you can see the waves coming in but you're too scared to get in <laughs> And God say, you just gotta walk forward, and you gotta get in. You gotta get into what God has for you, and you can't look back. <laughs> God's giving you an invitation this morning, and He's saying for you to get in. Don't be afraid. What He's called you to be and do for the kingdom. I was so hunched over that day on my bed that the pastor came in and she said, what happened? Did something bad happen? Are you okay? See, because that's the way our mind functions. We think even things God wants to do sometimes are something bad, but they're really something good. And we misinterpret the very thing God's trying to do. And we think it's something bad, and God's saying, no, it's something good. Look at it again. It's something good. Because it's about restoration and redeeming. Restoration and redeeming. And I remember telling the pastor that morning, I said, no, I'm having an encounter with God. I know you don't understand this. I know you don't get it because you've never seen me this way, but this is the real me. This is who God really wanted me to be. And sometimes I get afraid and sometimes I don't want to step in. But God told me when you go back to Ohio, you need to step in. You need to step in all the way. You need to just say yes to me. And I will dispatch the angels. And they will come in that place, and they will do all the work for you, and it will be easy. It will be easy for you. If you just say what I say, pray what I pray. (laughs) If you just pray what I pray and say what I say, (laughs) you are not your own anymore. You belong to him. Jesus! Jesus! <laughs> don't fight him don't fight the Lord anymore <laughs> let him in today let him in your heart let him in your mind let him in your soul this morning let, it, let him come all inside of you the fullness of who Jesus is. Let him come and encounter you this morning. Don't be afraid.